All right. Hello and welcome to another. Uh, it's been a while that we've done an adventure. They wrote short rest. And uh, I'm really excited today because we are talking to William Beale. What's good? He wrote the Book of House. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going all right. It's just super hot out. But other than that, you know, hanging in there. Excellent. And so where do you live in the country? Because Fletch and I are both in Seattle. Oh, you're on the other side of the country. No, I'm over here in Jersey. Oh, nice. So you're you're right coast. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I guess. So my first question for you is, mm-hmm. who are you? What do you do? And where can our audience find your work? Well, it is me, the Willy Boo, at the Willy Boo, fun posting online and having an okay time. But generally speaking, yeah, that, that's where you can find me, at the Willy Boo, uh, most likely on Twitter. Um, and I am a game designer, uh, or just a designer in general. Uh, I do whatever I feel like I do want to do. Nice. Yeah. So uh, how long have you been playing tabletop role-playing games? So let's see. I believe I remember playing, uh, what was it? 3E with some friends in elementary school for a very short amount of time. Um, but then we came back, or I, rather, I came back into it um, in fifth edition just after college. So I had a huge gap in between, but uh, I've, I've been around for a bit. Nice. And so when you made that jump from third edition to fifth edition, um, what was your your initial response to the different changes that they made from what you remember growing up with? Um, I was actually kind of relieved, right? Because there was a lot to remember when I was just a young little child enjoying this game filled with rules. But uh, because of how simple the mechanics were in fifth edition, it was much easier to jump back into. And then I was able to break the game from there. So Excellent. And do you have any uh, favorite systems or settings within... Uh, not only just D&D, but like the TTRPG landscape? Ooh, 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 ooh. Um, I've been wanting to jump into a game of Seventh Sea for the longest time oh, nice. because I am also a pirate. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I've been mostly just hanging out in the D&D landscape for the time being just because you know, most people have it or are playing it. So Have, have you done anything with Ghosts of Saltmarsh yet? Uh, my partner has. Uh, they were running Ghosts of Saltmarsh for a group and I was just kind of watching over their shoulder a little bit. But uh, what's it called? The one, um, what was it? It was like a League of Legends crossover that they put out on D&D Beyond. I made sure to grab that as soon as I could. That was also like a pirate adventure. Wait, there was a League of Legends D&D yeah, this is yeah. this is news to me too. You're blowing my mind right now. Let's see what was it called? Rune Terra? Something to that effect. I'll pull it up for you. Oh wow. That's awesome. <laughs> um so while you're looking at that, mm-hmm. uh, do you have any standout moments from gaming that you would want to share with our audience? Standout moments in gaming. Now are we talking the capital G gaming or within this space that we are recognizing as gaming right now? Anything that stands out to you as a human being. Hmm. 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 I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> Put you on it's, the spot. I see. I should have sent you these questions before we started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean, it's, it's a big whirlwind. Um, I like being in the moment of at least tabletop role playing, right? Sure. So, like, once I'm in the middle of it, there are a whole bunch of different things that happen, and it's hard to really keep track of unless you write them down. And I couldn't really point back to any one moment that I'm like, whoa, I'll never live up to this sort of uh, 
moment again in my life whatsoever. I, I usually just sure. love when I'm playing. It's funny. So the reason why I added this question to uh, what we're doing is because this past weekend, we ran an adventure based on the the book of house that you wrote. And I have not laughed this hard and this long in a like a one shot gaming session. Like I I'm going to have a hard time figuring out where to cut and where not as I'm editing our podcast version of that game together because there there are moments because I, I was I was playing a clon and we'll get to those later. Yeah. But man <laughs> but man, I laughed so much. Yeah, I I think there's an extra layer of this too, Jason, because when this comes out, our audience and people will have already heard the episode. <laughs> Yes, but <laughs> Willie, you haven't. I haven't. So, I'm so very curious what you did. <laughs> all you have is our sort, of, like our telling you. And I, th- I thought Jason's question was a great lead into this too, because I- I've been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a-, a good portion of like 20 years now, uh, and I don't recall having that much fun and laughing that hard in a game of Dungeons and Dragons ever. Oh, that's so heartwarming. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, see, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you because I want you to be able to listen to it and and laugh along with us. But man, it was it was good. I, I there was a lot about what you did with the Book of House that I really, really enjoy, and I'm really looking forward to kind of uh, using as we move forward. And uh, so I'm going to turn it over to Fletch since he actually ran our one shot and let him ask you some more book, uh, some more book questions. Yeah. And I've got, I've got too many. So I'm going to try to pare them (laughs) down to to like, you know, reasonable bite sized chunks, both for your benefit and for our audiences. Should Um, I have the book open? Is this a test? I've got it open in front of me. So that is going to put like, just to let you know where my head is at. And it's, these questions are not going to be on page 32, <laughs> paragraph four, sentence three, you say, no, it's the, the first question that I want to ask, because I, this is something that I loved so much about it. And it's something that I didn't realize I was missing, uh, until I kind of dove into this book and like really got into it, but it feels a little eclectic. And I think a lot of the supplements that I look at on on DMs Guild and, and, you know, the other kind of third party uh, where you can where you can purchase these supplements Um, and even some of the stuff that I've written myself, it's like I, I come up with a topic and I come up with one thing and then I synthesize this either adventure or setting or whatever it is around that one thing. But in the Book of House, it's, you know, as soon as I opened it, it was clones. I was like, oh, wow, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But then it was sprites. Then it was sprites. And sprites feel like kind of, I mean, they they fit with what people think of when they think of Dungeons and Dragons, like fairies and and goblins and, and gnolls. And gnolls are in there. And then there's this gear shift. And if there was one thing I regretted about our game, it's that we weren't able to get into all of the where lore yes. that you included in this book. Oh. Like I love, it was so, I wanted to figure out a way, but then I realized like, okay, this game is going to be six hours long. It's supposed to be a one shot <laughs> and I'm not Mercer. People are not going to sit through 
a four plus hour game of of me struggling with these accents and stuff. So that's true. true. <laughs> yeah. The question is, and it's it maybe is a big question, but how did the book of House evolve for you? Where where did it come from, and and how did you? I mean, were you worried at all about including all of these different pieces, or were you just like, "F it, this is what it is." Well, uh, honestly, yeah, it was super kind of intimidating to kind of put all this together because we did start with uh, the clans, right? It was it was going to be purely just, oh, I'm going to make this uh, free race about clown people. And then more ideas kind of got piled on top of that. Like, okay, now we also have spider people. Oh, I totally wanted to do a tiny race. Let's put this in here as well. But I mean, to your, what you were saying before, the general idea is that there's just a lot of content out on the market as it is. So you really do need to make sure your stuff is focused or else it's going to kind of get like fall to the wayside a bit. And that was a huge risk going into uh, putting together this book. Right. Um, But I think once we saw that as being an issue, uh, we sat down, we kind of figured out, well, what is the core of this? Okay, well, this is going to be about um, people that aren't. What's the best way to describe it? It's a book about identity, right? So generally speaking, people who struggle with identity need to find out what their identity means to them or how they fit into the world. And I kind of took that concept and wrapped more of these ideas around that core concept and went from there. Um, Still a huge risk in doing that, but it was at least a little bit more cohesive in the end. And I think that Sir House was sort of the best way I was going to make that come together because he is a total bird brain and you see that or rather you read that throughout the book (laughs) yeah um i think because of how haphazard he is it made it easier to digest the fact that this was a lot of different information getting thrown at you at once that's awesome i love that i mean that it being about identity something clicked in my brain when you said that Mm mm-hmm it makes a ton of sense. That is awesome. Now, you said something in that answer that was kind of an offhand comment for you, but it's something that I really want to dive into. All right. Um, so you said you started with clans. Yes. Why? <laughs> um, let's see. There are a couple of different like entry points into the idea behind clans, right? Um, one of which was, okay. How do we create um, sort of another pillar within that um, Tolkien like roster of races, right? How do we fit something in there that doesn't have its own or rather has its own niche that doesn't like step on the toes of all the other niches? And it's like, okay, let's do a jack of all trades thing. Well, but the human does that. Well, the variant human's already better in 5e, so let them have like they're really good at one thing in particular that they choose, and then we'll make the clowns into the jack of all trades race. Um, and then I believe, uh, let's see, in the development of the clans, I also was getting super excited for the movie It. Yeah. Yes. So. <clears throat> Jason, what was uh, the character you almost ran? So, Uh-oh. yeah, when we when we first started talking about this and we were we had the book and we were looking at it, I was like, I want to make a clan warlock with Pennywise as my patron. <gasps> Pennywise. Yes. I, I really wanted to do that. And then uh, almost the entire cast said, no, please, dear God, don't play a clown. <laughs> and I said, oh, all right. And so 
I I toyed around with doing a Noel uh, Mind Trapper, but I really I kept going back to the way that the clans are put together, and I I, I really like that jack of all trades but master of none sort of thing that that whole vibe for them and um that like the rubber soul aspect at third level uh was really cool for me i i chose the the stretchy one yes. uh, rather than the balloon one and uh so i did i did the mind trapper but i went with clan and we didn't fletch and i did not tell the rest of the cast until we started recording and, how many people um, have chlorophobia on your uh, party for the record i i oh man i think it's three out of the five cast members yeah yeah there was when i when i introduced we had everyone introduce their characters and this is like slight spoilery for you but all right we, i did everyone first and then jason and before i did jason i was like all right I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Cat and Talia and all of the coolrophobics out there. And Cat just went, no. <laughs> it was I and that's that's when that's when the smile, like just the ear to ear smile on my face, and it did not leave until three oh, hours. The entire time. Three hours after we were done playing. I was after yeah. we got done, I would just randomly start giggling. <laughs> remembering different parts it's just a clown person trying to live their best life you know just, Hong Kong just doing the thing <laughs> um so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump ahead in our list fletch uh so speaking of cat uh cat kruger she is an author she is uh steampunk unicorn studios yeah so she plays the countess on our show and her version of the countess in our one shot, our uh, book of house one shot was a college of the culinary bard. Yeah. And uh, it was, man, we had so much fun with that because she was a sprite and she was a bard who cooks. And so she was making us these tiny meals. And for me, it was just like um, the Rick and Morty bit with um, the, the, the tiny, tiny foods food. for tiny mouths. Exactly. And I'm going to lose it. <laughs> so she asked, um, for you, what would your fantasy world dream culinary dish be? My fantasy world culinary dish. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, recently I've been like hanging out in some of the games that I've been DMing over in Fandelver, right? And I have sort of a Western sort of vibe to it. And the orcs in my version of Minds of Fandelver, they have this dish, which is sort of this bean mash. So you have a pinto bean mash with limestone and rattlesnake venom. No way. Yeah. Something nice and spicy and sweet at the same time. And like you can just cook it and have it out in the desert like as you go. But like these are really tough individuals and they're really just enjoying this treat every other night. And I like it. Yeah, I like that's it. great. That's the one I've been super jazzed about. And if uh, Fantasy Guy Fieri were to yeah. make something in my game, then it would probably that first. That man, that's another part of the book that we just <laughs> fell over was the Fantasy Guy Fieri in in the artwork and um, wanting to put together the College of the Culinary Bard with the Dungeons and Dragons and Divins or Drivins and Dives. Uh, that's the that, dream. Yes, it really is. 
I, so good. The, all of the art in the book is just on point. It's such, it's oh, so it's good. And it just real, real good. It pulls you in and all of the clones, especially that they're just creepy enough, <laughs> but they're not too creepy. They're not like you have to play this in some horror nightmare, you know, dark, edgy world. Like you can have fun with these too. You can bounce around and do this weird thing. Which sort of leads me to my next question, and it's one I'm a little nervous to ask. Oh, go for it. Uh, what do you want DMs to get out of this book? Like, you haven't heard our game, so what are you what are you hoping that that game sounds like? And then what do you hope players get out of the book, too? I want this book to be a spark, right? Like, you can play almost any sort of game out of this. You can play a tale of tragedy or a game of comedy if you want an adventurous, like heroic tale or a horror tale. Um, I try to make the book just inviting enough and to spark just as, like just enough little ideas that you can kind of run with it, whatever like sparks to your mind first. Um, so I'm basically down for whatever you got to throw at me. And actually, when I think about it, I'm not all that good of an art director, but the artists were really good and they were able to operate like without too much direction from me. Um, but I made sure that like the things that we put into the book were just like palatable enough that they wouldn't like turn someone completely away from it. You know? Yeah. There's not like the, the dripping fangs and yeah, even the Tula, which I mean, we haven't, this is how much stuff <gasps> is in the book. We haven't even mentioned the Tula. <laughs> I love my spider babies. Yeah. Giant spider, like centaur creatures. And some of them are adorable. Yeah. <laughs> At least one of them is in the book. The rest of them, they were kind of just like, oh, super cool, badass, and what have you. But, you know, we had the one cute one. Our first, our initial, like, aww, was when uh, somebody made the connection to Lucas the Spider on YouTube. Yep. Yes. The little... Yes. <laughs> Actually, um, let's see. I believe uh, it was Olga's piece, which is the one that's just over the background section, like the huge sort of, like, scene um, I, I made sure that she would reference Lucas the Spider when coming up with her own Tula for that one. So. Nice. Who are some other uh, designers out there and authors that you're excited about, that you're drawing inspiration from? Oh. Um, what, kind, what kind of games do you like to run? Um, generally speaking, I like to make things... Uh, what's, what's the best way to put it? Gonzo? Just sort of absurd, but like, okay, there are rules to this and I can follow along with this just enough. Um, but in terms of other designers out there, if I had to take a look off the top of my head. Um, I was a big fan of Grazalax, but that was already months ago when that came out. Like with his uh, system of ancestry and uh, culture, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been diving into that too. Super interesting stuff. Just seeing all these sort of subsystems that people are coming up with and how they're also breaking the 5e system is what really kind of gets me excited and pumped up, you know? Almost uh, almost where we could take it. Yeah. There are enough uh home rules and custom variant rules out there to make a 7th E, I think, out of 5e. Yeah, I like that. I follow uh, think DM. I love uh, all the articles he does sort of just breaking down the math behind all the current in-game rules and how he has more optimized systems for them. Uh, recently, he did a uh, repair of the anime objects spell in particular, and now it's almost too balanced, um, basically using tiny objects versus huge objects, 
Um, little stuff like that is it, it, it excites my little designer brain in ways that I can't really describe. I think I can I, I can identify with that um, because I'm always looking for new ways to, to run the games. And I play with uh, very we we our, our podcast is a mystery noir podcast and it's kind of yes. tough it's kind of tough doing that when like our druid can speak to plants and so sometimes i'll like create this tiny little mystery <laughs> and our druid is like yeah but is there grass and i'm like oh you bastard yeah there's grass and he i mean it's just like this snap thing he solves it so i i love that i love that side of of game design and like figuring out these interesting solutions to problems that don't exist in, you know, a game that isn't as open-ended as D&D and other tabletop role-playing games are. Yeah. And when you like have those moments in play too, you just kind of, it's, it's like a wow sort of moment, whether for positive or negative, but yeah, they, they yeah, feel definitely. good. Um, now this is one, Jason and I were talking about this, the feathers, Oh, you found a bit of my feathers in the book, didn't you? The feathers. <clears throat> Can we get like a hint, like just a, a tip, something to point us? Because we've we've gotten together even and talked about this and we... Well, let's see. Is it really much of a spoiler if it's a year out from when it came out? Um, well, I don't want to Google it. I'm not going to Google it. <laughs> in fact, I believe someone already actually put the answer in the... Um, product description like in the comments for it and I was like oh that that kind of ruins half That's the fun. That's bad yeah but here, here's the that? way here's the way you solve it um, generally speaking the feathers are in order throughout the book right so each of the feathers has a letter on them and so if you put those letters in an order and then compare them to the alphabet you get sort of a very simple cipher and you can figure it out from there Oh, okay. that's that's what I did wrong. That's what I did wrong. All right. And that's where you get uh, sort of the other side of Sir House's story and the reason why he's at the back of the book. Well, I know how I'm spending the rest of my evening. <laughs> uh, how about uh, a tease? What's next for House? What is next for House? Well, let's see. Um, on Thursday nights, we've, I've been DMing an online game that also involves Sir House. And from there, I've been kind of expanding his mythos a little bit into, uh, into more of what he's been up to, um, and sort of his focus right now. Uh, actually in Culinary Weapons, which was a small little supplement that I made that also is about Mana Flames, um, it kind of mentions what Sir House has been doing since this book, and that's sort of just exploring uh, the concept of alternate realities. And that's, that's the kind of kick that I'm on right now, um, is the whole idea of, well, if this has happened before, why are things different in this reality versus the other reality? That's cool. And trying to figure out how, how this sort of overarching meta narrative works from within the game space like oh hey yeah we're all just playing these same sort of adventures but how do they know it within that world right how does sir house find out that he's in a game without actually saying the words oh i'm in a game and breaking his brain right breaking the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall exactly that's cool not 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 quite going full deadpool yeah 
Um, okay. And there's yeah. a little bit of that. Like I have characters who are table aware too, to kind of explore this meta narrative a little bit further. Um, but Sir House is not allowed to do that yet. And I'm trying to explore, well, this is someone who understudied underneath Mordenkainen. How does he take that sort of line of thinking further? Very cool. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Yeah, me too. It's, 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 it's starting to like bud now. And I'm really like stoked to see how it turns out. And as a, a dungeon master, and that's where I've spent the vast majority of my 20 plus years playing Dungeons and Dragons, um, my, I'm always looking for another tool for my tool belt, whether it's a, a storytelling tactic or you know something I can use to engage players more or do whatever. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you because the Book of House has way more tools than I was expecting to arm myself with yes. uh you know it wasn't it wasn't just new subclasses it wasn't just the you know the man of flame or the the new races the clan and the sprite and everything else there were there were storytelling elements in there that i really enjoyed um and i am really looking forward uh to hearing what you think about the absolute nonsense that we got up to it's it's weird. <laughs> I am so stoked. It, I, I'll tell you this. It it had the risk of being the stupidest thing I've ever done. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty good risk. Yeah, Flash. and it, it may have been, but I think it'll still be really if 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 our audience, if the people that hear it enjoy it half as much as we enjoyed playing it. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be folks favorite, uh, one shot that, you know, they've heard I, it, it's, Yo. yeah, it's really, it's, it's really wild. That's what I want to hear. Wild. <laughs> yeah. When I first heard, uh, you were going to be running stuff out of the book of house. It's like, I don't have any adventures. What, 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 what is, what are they going to come up with? So I, I'm at the edge of my seat, my little stool that I'm sitting on here for quarter. Right. How do, how do you take Clans Noir? Clans <laughs> uh, Noir is my next <laughs> D&D character. Thank you for that. Oh my god, yes. Yes. This is great. Uh, another random question from uh, Kat Kruger. If the Book of House had a theme song, what would it be? Hmm. If the Book of House had a theme song. Um... What's interesting about that is that uh, I think when we were finishing up the Book of House, I was trying to figure out, well, House's theme song in particular. And the one that comes up is The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sure. Um, just sort of that whimsical, but like also verb- not verbose, but gradually getting louder and more violent sort of song. Right. But like still very like nice and dreamy. Um, I'd say that that absolutely captures the book of house where you have a whole bunch of these ideas and they kind of just escalate even more and more as you get to the end of the book with uh, uh, jigsaw clown man and horrifying <laughs> no <Noel> lady. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, when we produce adventure, they wrote normally uh, our, our intro music is this uh, noir piano piece that we found and we licensed and, um, for our one shot, I am desperately trying to find something noir themed uh, as played by a calliope. 
Um, <gasps> I, don't, I don't know how successful I'm going to be. So it may just be some calliope music that I have here at the station. And, and uh, here, here's there. what you do. If you run it through and give it a filter so that it sounds like it's playing on a record and it's kind of like slower and creepier, I think you'll mm. get just that like spice that you're looking for. Oh, man, that's oh, you know what? See, now when you listen to the show that in the like the time that we're listening to this rather than the time that we're recording, it would be yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm gonna play around with that because I like that idea. Excellent. A lot. That's because if you if you Google Noir Calliope, it will actually your computer will ask you if you're feeling okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some hotlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now the the reason, like the big reason why we are doing this, why we are talking to you, why we ran this one shot, is because um, there is a concerted effort to focus on and shine a bigger spotlight on black creators yes and so are there any other black creators that you are excited about right now yo uh gabe just finished his uh, asi system for classes and i am all over that and i can't wait to see what it comes out with next now that that is completely finished excellent so that that's one in particular that i really love um Omega Jones also keeps on putting out these really cool subclasses that have to do with uh, voice and sound, too. And I believe that there was one um, using his class in your adventure, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. That was yeah. Talia. Talia played the uh, the barbarian with the, um, yes. the, the voice barbarian. The path of the belter. Yes. Yeah. I love the belter. Yeah, it's, I mean, in in our podcast, she will she plays a bard normally and she'll sing when she casts a spell. And so her twist on that, her take on that for the belter, I thought was, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty biased. But, Chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was, it was, <laughs> I thought it was cool. So, um, but yeah, so what we are doing this week uh, for our audience that is listening, we are running a Tiltify campaign. We are uh, trying to yeah, gather yeah. up donations to go to the NAACP empowerment funds. So please do go to our Tiltify and donate. Uh, if you donate 50 bucks or more, we will give you a copy of the Book of House <gasps> because we Ooh. can do that. Uh, we have committed, I think we've committed to the first... 10 or 15 people that donate at least 50 bucks. Uh, we're going to go to the DMs Guild. We're going to buy it and we are going to send it to you. Uh, we figured out how to do that with our friends over at the DMs Guild. And so um, if you would like a copy of the Book of House and also to do some really awesome stuff for a, an amazing set of charities that are going and doing a lot for the black community, please do go to our Tiltify and uh, I'll make sure that all of the links are uh, posted on all of our social media. Yeah. Let's, let's round it up to 20. 20. Let's say all 20. Right. All right. 20 I'll, copies. I'll, I'll commit the extra 20 copies of the book of house. The first 20 people to donate uh, $50 or more to our uh, Tiltify campaign. Uh, you'll get a copy of the book of house. And if you end up getting the book of house, uh, reach out to me and I'll help you uh, come up with some really cool ideas using it. Awesome. How to fun. play Clans Noir. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the new the new femme fatale for season four of Adventure They Wrote. Clans Noir. Yeah, don't oh, judge me. No. I'm already in Hero Forge uh, creating Clans Noir. I love it. I love it. Um, any final thoughts for our audience before we uh, close out? Final thoughts. Um, 
Yeah, don't be afraid to get a little weird with uh, D&D. Like, if you give them a well-grounded hook, no matter what kind of theming it is, your players are going to, like, latch on to it. And they're going to have a good time. I promise you. Excellent. It's okay to be weird. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I <laughs> Man, take it from somebody who just played a, a clon for the first time. I had a blast, and we laughed the entire game. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And Willie, thank you so much for both writing the book that we used and for joining us uh, on our short rest. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This was it was a lot of fun and I'm really excited to catch this game. (laughs) I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed putting it together. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for everybody out there, thank you for listening. Please go donate to the Tiltify. All of that cash, all of those funds are going to the NAACP Empowerment Funds. And uh, remember that Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And uh, we're going to try to keep keep pushing this as much as we can because it's July now. We got to keep this going forever. Keep up the momentum. I know you're out there. I know you're all being good out there. Rock and roll. Thanks again for joining us. And thank you. And uh, it's Tune in next time for more mystery. Mm-hmm.